Hello, lovely ones. It is a, another episode, um, but with a guest. And <laughs> last time I did an introduction to the podcast, I was like, I've got so much more time. And I've been sitting on these recordings for a year. And I actually think this one's coming up to like a year and a half. And I'm so sorry, Natalie. Um, but all of the content is always going to be of you. So whenever you listen back to these podcasts, um, on any show is always like super relevant so yeah you're not gonna not find this relevant um but I'm just really struggling to navigate um running a business full-time working evenings and having the twins still full-time with no childcare um come September they'll have um some childcare and I honestly just cannot wait for that to come um, big shout out to the system in the UK for the way that they offer childcare for working mums. Here's to you. <laughs> um, but I'm hoping now that um, I've got one more episode and then I can I feel like I can really focus as in one more episode that I've recorded and haven't released yet. Um, and then I'm going to be able to just like focus on the vision that I have moving forward. I'm going to create like new artwork and that kind of thing. Um, and I'm just so grateful to all the guests that I've had on so far. And I'm grateful to myself for starting the podcast in the first place, even if I haven't been able to release episodes like I wanted to, even though it's been a really slow start. I feel like even if you make that leap, even if you stick with it, even if you just stick with something and it takes you six months to release the next one, <laughs> you know, even if that happens, knowing that you are still trying and still trying to get into some kind of um, rhythm with it, I think hats off to you, you with whatever it is. And we can't chastise ourselves for um, trying to make things happen. The fact is, is that we're doing it and so we've got to just keep our heads high and keep plugging and keep doing and know that when the time is right these things will slot into place so my podcast is going to be always really important to me moving forward and I'm just so grateful to the for the fact that soon enough I'm going to have more time and space and I was even questioning this morning why is it that it takes me so long to just like get content out and then this morning my morning has been um well I had like a dog walk which was a real treat but then I come back and it's like 8am and I'm like right get my son to school get back that's 9am and then I'm like right I want to crack on with work but I've got to do the washing and I've got to tidy what has been deemed a bomb site in the lounge and it just stresses me out when I can't like find the floor after they've got the toys out um and then it's like demands of apples and bananas and toilets and uh, and then it's like admin for something in the house that we're doing and so by the time we've done that I'm sitting here in the garden recording this at 10 past 10 and then I question, why is it I take forever to get content out? <laughs> and so I'm just trying to be more gentle with myself and more understanding. Um, and then, yeah, just trying to navigate what it means to run a feminine business with a feminine approach and how that looks moving forward and how I can break up um, my week's within the month to kind of focus on certain content at the time rather than being like, right, I'm going to write a blog post, right, I'm going to record a podcast, right, I'm going to um, do all these things. And I think um, 
it's just with anything when it comes to work, whether you're running your own business or you're working for someone else, like you've got to be able to navigate the time and split your time in order to get the stuff done right. And so it's just what that looks like for you in a working week. So yeah, I'm just navigating that. And um, I appreciate you listening. And I hope you really love this episode. It's with Natalie from Value Your Mind. Um, It's all about looking at like compassion and kind of what that means. And I think that's really important for the year that we've had, because we recorded this right at the beginning of the pandemic, right? Then like we've had a pandemic like we're really in it we're still deeply in it and so um I think as like time kind of moves on with it like people are moving away from perhaps the rules like you know for example you see people um you know with like such strong views either way on how this pandemic is carried out or what's going to happen moving forward and I think um there's been as lockdown lifts and we integrate back with society uh, and we we work together again and we meet up with friends again and family again I think this is a really valuable uh, episode and I always believe that everything comes to us um, at the right time and so this is clearly the right time for this episode to be released as we move into our you know at the moment it's this moving into the summer and we try and work out how to integrate back um, with the love and compassion that um, we need to bring so sending love as you listen to the episode over to Natalie hey Natalie welcome to the podcast hello thank you for having me all right, it's such a pleasure to have you on. I wondered if you could do me a favor and just introduce who you are and what you kind of, where you are maybe, and more about yourself. Yeah, so um, I am Natalie Keeley and I am the owner, founder of Value Your Mind, um, which is a company which offers holistic support for mental well-being. Um, so my, my background kind of, I guess I'll explain kind of how it, how I led to forming that company, but um my background is as a mental health nurse been working in the NHS doing that for about 11 years now um and in that time what I guess I noticed was that their the the us dealing with physical and mental health was very separate and actually there was a lack of understanding around how both are very much interlinked and so the treatment and support that was offered didn't really kind of combine the two um, and although there has been a shift around that there still is quite a divide for example at the moment I'm um, in the NHS I'm trying to support putting a service into place in the hospital in a, in a uh, sorry general health hospital trying to put a mental health service in there um, so there is this integration happening, but it, there, it's very, very difficult. There is still this divide. And I think as individuals on an individual level, we also still very much see it as a separate separate things. Um, however, in more Eastern approaches to mental well-being, they do really think of it in terms of mind and body and soul. And so over the last, I'd say, kind of seven years or so, I've been looking into more Eastern practices. So I then did training in mindfulness and yoga and meditation. And that Eastern and Western uh, approach and my understanding and the knowledge I gained from that is what helped me form my company. And so now um, with, within my company, we offer um, mental well-being retreats, workshops. Um, I occasionally guest write for well-being companies and then offer individual coaching. And it's all underpinned by this kind of com- combination of Eastern and Western practices. 
Um, and when I was doing all, all throughout this, what I guess I've noticed the most is because most of the work is around helping people with their negative thoughts and their self-esteem and finding ways to empower them to take charge of their mental well-being. Um, and what I notice the most is people do feel very disempowered and they tend to kind of be quite critical about themselves when there's something going on men- in their mental well-being. Um, and I felt that there was there definitely this underpinning theme that everyone lacked a lot of compassion for themselves. And so I then started to do some training in CFT, which is compassion focused therapy um by paul gilbert and that's when i kind of really then delve deeper into this idea of self-compassion so that's like another element that i bring into all of the work that i do amazing can you just repeat what the the compassion element stands for just because it just dropped out very slightly when you said that bit yeah, so um, compassion-focused therapy. So that's um, the training that I did probably about maybe, God, it must have been two, three years ago. Um, and it's by Paul Gilbert. Um, and it is a it's a therapy. So I don't know if you've heard any of these things, but like there's, there's a lot of um, new therapies and approaches coming up that use um, some Eastern practices around mindfulness. So there's acceptance, commitment therapy. Um, there's, there's lots of different, there's lots of different ones, basically um, stress-based reduction therapy, lots of things, but CFT, compassion focused therapy um, is one of these. And it very much works on working through body and mind to um, create this more more compassion for yourself, which in turn then eases the symptoms of anxiety, stress, trauma. Um, they've used it a lot with people with PTSD, um, especially people who have come back after war. Um, and it's it's this remove it's this acceptance of how you're feeling rather than this challenging, which lots of other therapeutic interventions use. Um, so yeah, it's a really it's it's I guess with all the kind of training that I've done and and over the over the years, it's the one that I really feel the most connection with at the moment. That might change. <laughs> but um I just I just feel it's a very it's a very intuitive way of approaching mental well-being and it's something that's very empowering because it really puts it on the person to actually take charge of what's going on for them. Mm, it sounds amazing having been through PTSD and had panic attacks I always find um listening to someone talk about other options really inspiring because I think when you're in that moment it's really difficult to know where to turn and what to turn to if that Mm. makes sense I mean there's so much out there isn't there so it's it's such a minefield yeah exactly and it's it's what works for some per some people might not work necessarily as well for you so it's just trying to like look at those options isn't there I wondered if while we're talking people could find you on Instagram on your website or anywhere else that you want to just link to so if you could just reel those off that would be great yeah so my website's just valueyourmind.com simple (laughs) Um, and my Instagram is value underscore your underscore mind Um, that's probably the best forum to use I'm most active on there um 
And then, you, but you can also find me on on, on Facebook um, under the same value value or mind. Um, and then I also have a podcast called Calm Mind Confident Life, um, and that's kind of I spend a lot of time sharing lots of things around compassion and how we can uh, manage our self esteem. And I share meditations, guided meditations, on there as well. And I have guests on there as well, so um, speaking about different ways of of boosting our confidence amazing people will be able to go and have a little rummage and find you I was having a peruse of your website and I noticed that you have like a members area so can people join uh, like courses or I mean because I know you have retreats and the one in France looks magical Mm -hmm. um so is there like another layer to that in terms of like being able to become a member of something particular yeah so the mem- the membership area um it's just kind of quite a new thing that i've started so i'm building it slowly but it has videos on there and webinars um and then it also has lots of um audio exercises like breathing exercises meditation exercises and those kind of things um so i'm slowly building up a catalog of things at the moment it's a free area that uh people can find but people can get access to just by signing up to my newsletter and then they get um the link the password sent through um i i might be changing that soon um for a small fee so yeah if people did want to to get that membership i'd recommend doing it now (laughs) Mm, that's great that's a good little share perfect okay let's go into more about the compassion element because that's what we really wanted to discuss today um so can you just kind of define for us what compassion is yeah I mean it's 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 a tricky one because I think a lot of people automatically when they think about compassion they probably think empathy kindness that kind of thing and it and it Mm. Um, it's a lot of those things really um but I think it's a much more um much more deeper level of those things so um it's a it's a feeling of care and empathy and kindness but um, for for yourself or others but it's also a desire to relieve suffering so to relieve that suffering because with empathy we kind of or sympathy we we sit there and we feel we feel for people, we feel for ourselves, but we don't really then act on that. Um, compassion is that real deep desire that we want to change something. Um, and in compassion focused therapy, they actually talk about it in terms of quite a few, there's several qualities. I think there's maybe seven, I could be getting it wrong, but um, so they, they talk about empathy and sympathy being two qualities of compassion but also things like forgiveness acceptance um growth taking responsibility so there's quite a few different elements to it which makes it much more complex um complex thing to to for us to have for for ourselves or others Mm. i like the whole discussion about like having compassion for others or having compassion for ourselves but not acting upon it Mm -hmm. um when you when you say not acting upon it, what do you kind of mean by that? Well, I guess you know if you have um, I'm trying to think of an example, um, if you imagine like when you when you experience someone that has um, you know someone's feeling bad about something, and so then you you might feel sympathetic towards their situation, um, but. Mm 
there's nothing there's nothing you would then do about that you would you would say oh I feel really sorry for you or I feel bad for you and you really experience that it's not an empty feeling but you don't then actually take action um and there's nothing wrong with that because in those situations where you feel sympathy, it's not necessarily that you need to be taking action. But when we're talking about compassion, we're really talking about the need to, to actually act, to actually get in there and relieve the, the suffering that is happening. Um, so I'm, I'm trying to think of an example that would, that would come up. Like if you're... Um, I mean, a good example could be on on a very small level. Um, For example, during COVID, um, I've got a next door neighbour who's um, elderly, and she um, she lives next door, and she's um, you know on her own. Her family lives really far away, Um, and I I could sit here and I could feel empathetic and sympathetic towards her situation, and just feel that and kind of be there in terms of how I'm feeling be united with her in that experience maybe an understanding of how she's feeling but the but then um what my decision was is I went over and I um gave her a book and I um, on Easter I sent her a card and that is a way of me then acting on that so then it becomes more more that I'm showing compassion Mm. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, I get that now. Do you know, I don't know if I've ever really fully thought about it, actually. Mm. Because I feel really empathetic towards people quite regularly. Mm. And I do act upon it sometimes, but not all the time, for sure. Yeah. So, But I don't know why that is. I think sometimes I don't feel like it's my place to. Um. But obviously in that situation, when it's like a neighbor that's next door to you, um, that is something that you could definitely easily act upon um, and show compassion. Yeah, yeah I, I think that's a really interesting discussion, actually. But I mean, um, it's not it's not always that that, that is needed. Um, there are mm. times when actually it's, that's not help, it's not helpful. It, the, the helpful bit is just sitting with you know, feeling empathetic towards someone or, or sympathy towards someone, or um, it might be just that actually you, you don't have much of the feeling of those things, but you, you, you um, show kindness. So just mm. doing the act, but you're not really able to kind of sit with how they're feeling. So you, there's different elements that you can, you can show within it. Um, cause sometimes, you know, sometimes it's actually not helpful to really feel that level of empathy because it can, mm. if we're struggling ourselves, um, or if we, um, if we can really relate to how someone's feeling and it really touches something within us, sometimes that can actually cause some people, if they're feeling vulnerable to actually go into a place of not taking action because it's too stressful to do that. So sometimes actually not having the empathy but just showing the kindness can be helpful. So it's, it depends on the situation. Um, but yeah, if we're thinking about compassion, that it includes all of those elements um, and, and more and other elements as well. Um, and especially mm. when you're thinking about self-compassion, it, yeah. Think that, that's, I think that's one of my questions and I'm going to jump to that question because I, I'd love to know yeah. your thoughts on how we can be more compassionate to ourselves mm. um, because I think there's a plenty of times when we think about ourselves and think, oh, 
um, you know, I'm feeling quite sorry for myself or like that's a bit of a shit situation that I found myself in, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But then how does kind of compassion take it to that? I presume compassion would take it to the next stage. Am I right? I mean, if I, I'll talk about it in terms of how compassion focused therapy approaches it. Um, and then I yeah. can, we can think about it in terms of just in a broad speak, uh, sense, thinking about self-compassion. But yeah. um, the way compassion focused therapy would approach it is thinking about it in terms of um, that level, like I said, of acceptance, um, acceptance tolerance, they call it, um, which I don't, if, I don't know if you've heard before, but they use it in lots of different mm. therapies. But it's that, that window that we have of being able to tolerate um, a, a negative feelings and sit with those negative feelings. Um, so in compassion focused therapy, they talk a lot of the work is around initially being able to sit, sit in that, that place of um, acceptance for anything negative that that's coming up in our minds. So what tends to happen is um we have like kind of a negative and a, and a positive voice in our minds. And some, a, a lot of people, you'd probably hear people talking about the inner critic a lot. Um, and the, the issue that happens usually, and it with, and they use this in a lot of therapies is a way of going about um, managing that inner critic, that negative voice is to approach it by challenging it. But in if we're taking it from kind of a self-compassion approach or compassion-focused therapy, um, they would say rather than challenge it or try to get rid of it, let's sit with it. Let's actually rather because when we challenge it, we're bringing tension into our minds because we're kind of fighting it and we're thinking it almost creates this this mindset. Oh, we feel guilty that we're even having this these thoughts about ourselves in the first place. That we're even feeling this kind of negative stress or anxiety it within our bodies and minds compassion focused therapy would say well if we think let's be compassionate towards ourselves what would that look like it wouldn't be guilt it wouldn't be tension it wouldn't be challenge it would be sitting with it having that empathy that sympathy for how we're feeling and then taking action so the first stage would be okay, let's sit with this, this inner voice, this, this negative voice, and actually recognize that this, this voice that's happening, everybody has it. It's the tricky brain. There's a positive voice and there's a negative voice. And it, or they call it the two, the two um, brains or the two minds. And, and that's just the way the mind works. Then, And they use this phrase, it's not my fault. This is just the way the mind works. And if we keep saying that to ourselves, it's not my fault. This is just the way the mind works. Our mind wasn't, we didn't design our mind. Our mind was designed for us. And so as soon as you do that, as soon as you take that first stage of really delving deep and it, trying to accept that almost sitting with these negative thoughts and and inviting them in almost it releases it releases that level of tension and it's a really compassionate place to be for yourself because you're just saying you know it's okay that i have these thoughts it's not my fault and um now let's think about how i can then um bring in more compassion and um manage manage those negative thoughts so that they don't impact my me, my life on on such a greater level um, mm. so that would be the first kind of first phase, I suppose. And then it would be thinking about the tools to bring in that real deeper level of, 
of compassion into our minds, um, which I can talk about if you want. <laughs> yeah, of course. I feel like we're on a roll, so just go with it. Yeah, the tool. I, just, I think it's really useful when people are listening to have something practical and tangible to sort of take away so they can kind of really think about it and how they could work forward with it. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So, I, I, yeah, as I said, I, th- I think the first the first stage is definitely, and that's a really important stage. It's not stick. It's not kind of skipping to let right. Let's now do some exercises to try and bring in compassion because you need to set that baseline, that foundation of compassion in your mind. Um, if you're coming at it from the approach of uh, I need to, oh, I need to do this because my mind is really annoying me and I feel rubbish and it's all my fault. And why do I feel like this? Everybody else doesn't. You're not coming at it from a compassionate place. You, you really need to first lay that, that foundation of compassion in your mind, acceptance. It's not your fault. This is just the way the brain works. Um, and then it's then thinking about, okay, once we've done that, what can we do to, to um again not challenge the 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 critical things that are going on and the negative things that are going on in the brain but to to actually just shift the attention so shift the attention to the more positive mind um so things like you like i talked about at the beginning the importance of using our body after you've kind of created that that foundation layer of um of compassion um it's then about thinking okay well how can I bring this in more now so rather than think I'm gonna now I'm gonna try and get rid of that negative voice reminding yourself no we're we're accepting that we're being compassionate and showing kindness to to that to that voice um but what we're gonna do is we're going to now turn the attention towards the compassionate place so that would mean turning the attention more towards that positive mind, that positive brain, the positive voice. And so the first thing that I would always suggest is working through the body first. So because as I spoke about at the beginning, um, it's really important to think about the body and the mind being interlinked. And if we if we are thinking about compassion, what does that feel like to be in a body that's feeling compassionate is very different than being in a body that feels um, negative and um, guilt and stress and anxiety and low self-esteem. When we're feeling compassionate, well, I mean, I think it's individual, but for me, when I'm feeling compassionate, I feel the sense of feeling quite relaxed and quite calm and I have a smile on my face. Um, I, it's kind of a warm feeling, I think, for me. I don't know if that's the same for you. Mm, definitely um and there's a way of the way if, if it's str- if it's difficult because in if you're in the moment where you're really trying to turn your brain towards this more compa- compassionate place it can be really difficult because you're actually already in quite a, a difficult place mm. um, and so it's hard to remember what compassion feels like and so um this is where i would talk about trying to build a compassionate image in your mind so um and this is an exercise all in itself to do um just at a different time like now when you're listening to this or after the podcast but to really sit there and think about what does what's your compassionate image um and it can be anything from a time when you felt really compassionate towards yourself for example um, or it could be towards someone else but 
you know, it might be when you're doing some real nice self-care. Like for me, um, at the end of, I practice yoga. So at the end of my practice, when I'm in Shavasana, that, that, at that point, I feel really compassionate towards myself. And I, what do I feel like in that moment? And I really try to visualize that. And that is my compassionate image. And I add layers to it by thinking about the sun coming in and it being a lovely day outside and um, quietness, what, what all my senses, what, what are they hearing, seeing, smelling, all of this. And that's me building my compassionate image so that when I am in this place of stress, anxiety, whatever it is I'm feeling, and I can hear that negative voice come in, that's when I can think, oh, wait, okay, remember, it's not my fault. This is my brain, my brain doing this. Now I'm going to turn it towards a more compassionate place. And then I, and I bring in that, that compassionate image. But for, for other people, I, I know that for um, one person, uh, one, cl- one client I, I worked with, their compassionate image was an actual object, a tree. Um, so Mm. they view a tree as a very compassionate, um, thing. And so whenever they are thinking of a compassionate image, they imagine a forest. And so it doesn't necessarily need to be you, but it can, it's just that image in your mind that really brings in that sense of compassion, what it feels like in your body and really a a way of anchoring to that feeling. And as soon as you do that, you'll, you'll notice your body just relaxes. And when your body does that, it sends the right messages to the brain. And then the brain will then be a lot, it will be a lot more easier to turn your brain to that more compassionate place. Mm. That is, honestly, this is making so much sense. And I'm finding it, (laughs) Yeah, I'm finding it really interesting because I can find, I feel like it's such a useful thing to be able to refer to because I think, I don't think I've used the word compassion that often in life when I'm thinking about, because if I was, if I was to view something that was like calming for myself, um, it would definitely be quite similar to yourself in that I will have finished yoga, I'll be in a really calm state, I'll be really thankful to myself for taking the time out of my day to do the yoga Mm. um and then I would be um I like to kind of visualize the sea like the ocean like to be somewhere really calming with that sound so for me that's where I would go but I don't think I've ever really thought about that as when I'm in that zone and trying to uh, come down, come from you know, a place of anxiety to a place of calm. I don't think I ever view that as being compassionate to myself. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, definitely. It, I mean, it's it's it. Um, it's a very intuitive thing. That's the thing. Is it's that you're you're probably doing little bits of it here and there. Um, um, you're probably doing bits of it without even knowing. But it's when we actually we, when we actually stop and we think oh yes, I'm using this now to do this, that it can really have the power behind it. Um, mm. And we, when we develop on those um, develop on those strategies that we're already using. And I think, you know, that's what I was mentioning right at the beginning. That's why I'm really passionate about this idea that we have the skills within us to do these things. It's not like we're, we're, we're creating new skills or new tools. It's just us actually recognizing that we are skilled as, as humans um, and not, and, and recognizing that it's okay that we have the negative things that go on because it's that is just the way the a human is. But that doesn't mean we don't also have the positive things. It doesn't mean we don't also have the skills to balance the, the negative things out. Um, it's just finding ways of really being able to tap into that. 
um you know i, I always think mm-hmm. about in terms of when when you think about um when when you're working with someone around confidence and they think they say oh I don't have any confidence actually or I don't have I'm, I'm stressed and I don't have I I'm, I'm not someone who can feel the sense of being calm actually inherently in us we are all confident and we all have that calm confidence within us but it's the build-up of everything else around us in life from being born and onwards that creates that barrier to being able to connect with it. It doesn't mean it goes, it's there, but we need to find ways of reconnecting to it. Um, Mm. And I just feel uh, thinking, coming at it from a place of self-compassion is a really, really good way to to start. It just feels very, a very relaxed way of dealing with things, I think. (laughs) Mm. Yeah, I mean, it makes perfect sense. And it's it should be something that's innate, like you say. So mm-hmm. it should be easier for people to kind of access it. Um, and a quite a quick, quite a quick way to access uh, a calmer state of mind when you're feeling, you know, anxiety or, you know, a lack of confidence. I imagine it would work with confidence if you could you in terms of that imagining yourself as a confident person at a time when you were confident and kind of referring back to that would that be something that would be of use in that kind of a scenario so referring back to other times when you were you know when you like you're to have to explain it but it's like you know when you you feel like you've lost the confidence for example and then or you've lost um the ability to stay calm you know your anger's kind of flaring is it is it would it work by referring back to a time when you were calm a time when you were confident would that be yeah because it's using that idea of visualization which in itself is a really powerful tool um but but when you use visualization, you have to really use it on a kind of deeper level for it to be to have that power. It's not just all oh, bringing up a thought in your mind, even though that in itself can be helpful. Mm. But if you, it's like you know, if you think about oh, when I was on holiday, instantly that ma- that makes you feel good. But if you really, if if we're thinking about an individual when they're at that peak of feeling really unconfident or really stressed or really anxious that's not going to be enough it might be if you're going about your day-to-day and you feel a bit shit and then you think oh I want to you know um feel better and you think oh I've got a holiday coming up and remember when I was last in that <laughs> felt good um yeah but but if you're really deep entrenched in a negative state of mind you need to do more than that you have to and that's another level of um, they talk about in compassion focused therapy is having that commitment. So it's really committing to the process that I am, I am, and having some sort of mantra or something that I am going to really commit to the process of finding finding more compassion for myself. And when you talk about the the confidence thing, <clears throat> I remember in the training I did for compassion focused therapy, they talked about. Um, uh, going into an interview and they use that as an exp- um an ex- example i think it was an interview and and you'll sit you do before you go in your mind does this really annoying thing for most people where it just starts to think of all the reasons that you're not good enough <laughs> yeah. um, and again it, so instantly in that example you then start to feel really unconfident and you think am i going for the right job am i doing the right thing here 
And what what we would then do in that situation, if we were using that sense of compassion for ourselves, so we would think rather than think to ourselves, okay, um, you know, God, let, let, let me listen to these thoughts, and no, now I'm going to challenge them. It's no, it's just welcoming me in and saying, like I've said before. There are, it's okay. This is just the way the mind does this. This, um, the way the, the reason the mind does this is it's actually a protection thing. It, it, it needs to do this because it's that kind of way of, um, protecting ourselves in some situations. So when we were, you know, back in caveman days, we needed to kind of have that, that ability to actually recognize, put ourselves in a state of fear. Um, so that we could react in the right and respond in the right way. So there is a reason that our brain is doing this, but actually, is it helpful for me right now when I'm going into this situation? No, because it's making me feel unconfident. So welcome them in, accept that they're there, but then now, okay, now I need to think about how can I make myself feel good? And that, like you said, is visualizing a time when you felt more confident or or whatever is going to be helpful for you in that moment. Hmm. Um, no that doesn't perfect sense yeah and I mean um lots of there's actually a really uh because these are just you know touching on the edges I suppose of some simple ways of thinking about um thinking about self-compassion um, and this is like, yeah, the kind of the first layer, I suppose, that we're talking about. But as you get deeper into it, there's many, more, many, many more things. And you can really like unpick the mind and really re- you're retraining it, basically, and reprogramming it to anchor to that more um, compassionate place. Um, but there's a mantra that I always, always uh, give clients and I, and I share in retreats. And I just think it's a really great mantra. And that is, I'm going to be helpful, not harmful. Um, and I just find that that's also a really great starting point to welcome in that idea of self-compassion because you can apply it in any situation. You can say, wait, am I being helpful or harmful here to, to yourself? You know, am I being helpful or harmful? Are these thoughts helpful or harmful? Um, and as soon as you do that, you recognize you're like, no, okay, this is harmful. Now I'm going to I'm going to accept, okay, this is what's happening, but now I'm going to turn my mind to this more compassionate place. Mm, That is a really helpful mantra. Yeah, it's so simple as well. I really like it. But you might have another mantra, you know, it depends. But different people use different things, but I just like that one. I think it's a good one. It's at least a starting point if someone wants to kind of get going and start thinking about it more. It's definitely a starting point. So in terms of um, being compassionate, to others I mean if you show perhaps more compassion to others mm-hmm. at a time when it's you know when it's at the right time for whoever it may be I mean I imagine that would be helpful for yourself as well um 100%. so have you got any tips for that yeah I think that um this is a, a a layer another kind of layer to self-compassion isn't it that idea of acts of service to someone else because when I you know, if you think about when you're when you're doing a job, they always say if you do, if you if you are able to do a job that's acts of service to to someone else or something else, you there is instantly this deeper level of satisfaction about it. So it's not actually a selfless act because you're getting something from it. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and what research shows is that when we do that, it it increases that level of connection. Um, and connection is actually a fundamental thing um, in in happiness. 
when we feel connected to others and ourselves, we just, it really does help in terms of, in terms of happiness. So, I mean, there's, it doesn't need to be grand gestures because I think people think they sit there and think, Oh, I I wish I could do more for other people, but it's not necessarily because, because that again, in itself, it's, that's taking your mind away from a compassionate place. You're instantly bringing in an and that inner critic again aren't you you're 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 turning your mind in that direction um because you're feeling guilty that you're not doing enough and actually it's it's just thinking about what is what is um what is within your capabilities right now and that's very different for different people and you know you might be really busy with many different things going on and so it might be just letting someone out in front of in in front of traffic that's a big thing if you're rushing around and you're doing lots of different things and you're always in a rush actually pausing and and letting someone else go first that's quite a big act actually um and that that instantly I don't know if you've done that before but it instantly makes you feel better doesn't it about yourself um I love that you're checking that now done that before like I'm one of those like road rage drivers do you know what there are times I'm like I'm like oh I should let that out oh I was too busy thinking about something selfish I am that person I do try to be compassionate on the roads I do try it's It's really no because I mean I I think okay I'm fundamentally I'm a kind person but I can be like, I can get really annoyed with people just for not, for, you know, going ahead of me or something like that. And it's like, well, actually yeah. if you sit there and think about what, what's their life like right now. You know, it's just, we become very selfish when we're driving. It's just a, it's just as simple, simple as that really, isn't it? And um, it really is. so being able to, to actually stop and think about someone, a sh- complete stranger as well. Um, mm. And, 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 and yeah take action on that um that's that that's kindness isn't it towards them and it, and it makes you feel it makes you feel good and and in turn that there's like a little they don't they I think I can't remember where I heard but there's that butterfly effect where another example might be you, you you see someone sitting on a bench and you smile at them again that's such a small act but actually it takes a lot of effort I don't know, for me, it does sometimes, because sometimes if I'm going on a walk on my own, I'm actually really in this mindset where I really don't want people to talk to me, or I don't want to have to do anything. I'm just in my own mind. So actually coming out of my mind and showing a smile towards someone else that then could, you don't know how that's going to impact that, their day, but you know, it's going to be positive. That's a real act of kindness. I totally hear what you're saying because sometimes like as well when we take ourselves out for a walk it's because we genuinely might be feeling a bit low um I need that headspace but you're right like there's been times when I've been feeling really anxious and just struggling with life in general I go for a walk to make myself feel better and I'll be like I really don't want to see anybody on this walk Mm. which is mighty impossible when I walk out through my estate but then if there is someone that I've seen and then they stop and talk to you for even a second, uh, as much as I don't want to stop and talk to that person, that person clearly wants to stop and talk to me. So by taking that time, um, it's it's like a catch-22, isn't it? I don't, I don't really want to, but I'm going to have to because I, I don't want to become across rude. But then when you've done it and at the other side of that, you actually feel better exactly, because yeah. You stopped thinking about what you were thinking about for a second. You've started talking to that person and you've probably made their day a little bit brighter as a result. Um, and you've you've left feeling just 
different the energy shifted a little bit completely exactly because if you if you don't you know you you just hold this level of tension and frustration mm. with you. like you mm. feel you feel almost annoyed why did they even try to talk to me yeah <laughs> how dare they <laughs> and yeah. you hold that with you and you also feel guilty because you are you are ultimately a kind person so you you also feel guilty because you think oh I should have I should have really talked to them. I was probably rude. So there is all of those things going on. Whereas actually, if you just think, mm, let me just turn my mind to this more compassionate place. I'm going to get something out of this as well. <laughs> it's going to make me yeah. feel like a good person. And yeah, it it, it makes all the difference. Um, so it, it's those, yeah, those small, small little acts, I think is where a small, what do they say? A small thing goes a long way or something like that. Yeah. yeah. Um, I think in life we do forget about kindness I get really irate when people aren't kind mm-hmm. um like yesterday was a perfect example right I feel like COVID has changed COVID has brought out like the best in people and the worst in people in my opinion mm-hmm. um and I was in um I hadn't been to town since lockdown started so you know March and I haven't taken the twins but I was like do you know what I really really need to go and do my refill hair shampoo and conditioner and buy myself a notebook because obviously so I was like I'm gonna go to my refill place and then I'm just gonna go to WH Smith and then I'm gonna go back to the car with the twins and just see how it felt and I was wearing my mask and obviously the girls don't need to because they're two and I was in the shop and this and WH Smith I put this bloody great like like thing in the middle by the door where like so I have a double buggy and um everyone hates my double buggy and I try to be so polite with it because I get that it's a pain in the ass but there's only so much I can do I don't have a magic shrink ray (laughs) for people suddenly and I was by the notepads which were by the door brilliant (laughs) I was like there by the door and this woman she stood there looking at me she'd just like done her hands and taste her hands and she looked at me and she was like well it's one way and I was like yeah and then she's like well how am I supposed to get through and I was like well there is a gap by the the push chair I mean it wasn't a great gap don't get me wrong but it was enough for her to walk past and she was like but what am I supposed to do and I was like walk past it I don't know what you want me to do like I'm trying to be compassionate here but at the same time I also really want to get irate but I'm not going to because I'm being the nicer person situation and then she literally just was like standing there for what felt like ages and then she went well I suppose I'll just have to walk past it then what like I don't know what you want from me and I was like yeah it is just a really big push chair because I have two children in it yeah. and she walked past and I thought well in that situation, what could I have done to make it better for both of us? But actually, there wasn't anything I could do. She could have just been kind to me because it made she made me feel really awkward. And and she made me feel like I shouldn't even be in the shop. You know, why are you even here? But then I thought, well, hold on a minute, Hans. You're not even wearing a mask. And I am. So uh, if you're really that bothered about sticking to the two meter rule around my pushchair, you would have at least worn a mask to town today. But I just sort of felt like sometimes people just don't think about others and the kindness that they show and how I could be having like a really crappy day. And then she's just added to that. Do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And I think... But then I suppose she could be having a really crappy day and forget about 
me having a really crappy day. So it does work both ways. But then at the same time, I just think in general, we we try to be kind, but it does get forgotten. And when we have an interaction, because we're on like a mission to do our job or do our thing, we just kind of forget about that compassion element that we need to show others. hundred um, percent, yeah. But but it, it, in that, you know, it's actually then, then not punishing, because again, think, okay, you've recognized that, but then not think about that compassion, that self-compassionate place, then not going, because already you can hear, oh, now I'm going into that, Oh God, I was, I wasn't, you know, yeah. And, and so instantly you think, but actually, you know what? It's fine because we're human and sometimes we act in different ways and it's okay. That's just, so you just straight away, you know, go into that place of acceptance that, so even when you, even when you're not as compassionate as you want to be, don't then go, don't then be tricked by your mind. Mm. That's the thing. And they call it, you know, in compassion focus, they, they call it the tricky, the tricky brain because it does. It's always wanting to trick you back to that negative place away from yeah. the being compassionate so um yeah that's a really good example you're welcome I had like up my sleeve from yesterday (laughs) I came back to my husband I was like you will never guess what happened to me in Debate Smith I mean it's not the biggest story in the world but it's just like one of those situations where you're just like oh it's just a normal yeah that happens to all of us isn't it it's um, a classic yeah yeah exactly it just reminded me how much I hate my push chair as well (laughs) yeah (laughs) I don't often take up. I'm honestly one of those people who can't stand the push chair. There are people who love push chairs, right? Who like oh, collect really? them. I'm not even joking. This is a thing. I, I honestly hate push chairs. Like I can't stand them. And um, uh, I, I, the girls are like old enough. Obviously, they're walking perfectly fine and they're really good on their legs. But at the same time, I have one that demands to be picked up every 30 seconds. And I just, I just sometimes find it easier to shove them in. But then you have to weigh that up with people whining about your pushchair. Honestly, mm. people moan about anything when it comes to a pushchair. It's just mm. generally in their way. And I didn't realize how much a double buggy would like add to that layer. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, I, I did it. I went out and I came back and it was fine. So yeah, I think it's really important to then not, like you say, go into the mindset of was I kind enough at that time and did I do enough and I think you just have to move on from the situation otherwise you just drive yourself mad yeah because we're, we're so analytical all the time we're in an analytical brain and it's it's, it's bloody exhausting yeah <laughs> it's like actually just step away from that can we just step away and just be okay we're just with it we're just with with the way the mind is and mm. um, we have it's that it's always that, that balance of what we to acceptance and what and change what we mm. what, what we need to accept and what we need to change and it's there's always yeah it's always striking that balance um and yeah not feeling like you've kind of got to constantly fight everything and um analyze everything and um there are some bits some things in life and some things of the way the brain works it will always be like that I have loved this chat, Natalie. Yeah, you too. Yes. Yeah, can you remind everybody where they can find you? Yeah. So, got the podcast, Calm Mind, Confident Life, and that's on all um, most podcast places and um, Spotify, uh, iTunes, you know, that kind of thing. Um, and then you've got my website, which is valueyourmind.com, and then Instagram or Facebook, which is value underscore your underscore mind thank you so much natalie you're very welcome thank you for having me
Thank you so much for listening. As ever, if you have a topic that you would like me to discuss, my email is yasqueen, that's Y-A-S-S queen, at thisisnaomigail.co.uk or you can DM me over on at thisisnaomigail over on Instagram, of course. I would love you to rate, review, uh, share, let me know what you thought of the episode. Um, It would mean the absolute world. Thank you so much.